All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. And today, we have a few things to go over. Uh, first things first, I have a brief, some brief discussions I want to get into. Uh, for one, what's going on at the Haitian border. I want to talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook. And I wanted to get into uh, a little bit, well, I wanted to talk about a little bit of some sad news. I also wanted to get into some sports, of course, college football, the top 25. We're also going to get into some week two highlights from the NFL. Also, some Thursday night football. We're going to preview that. Also, we're going to get into the MLB standings. We got, well, less than two weeks left, left till the end of the season. So we need to break that down. Well, I need to break that down. We're going to be breaking down the standings, of course couple of the major scores from last night and then um and then we're gonna move on finally uh my last my last segment today will be an upon further review uh, i will be uh breaking down two parts this will be a two-part uh well, two-part segment uh deal uh, i will be breaking down donda uh kanye west's new album and i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure a hundred percent that you know my review is gonna yeah, ruffle some feathers, uh, particularly with how I'm about to kind of go in. Uh, but I, I'm going to have to do it because I got to speak my mind on it. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into it. And yes, uh, currently uh, Haitian um, refugees have been trying to find ref, uh, trying to find um, some type of, uh, you know, asylum in America. Uh, I believe it was about 14,000 making their way up the southern border, uh, being uh, met by Border Patrol, uh, being turned away. In some uh, cases, you see these whips or these bull whips, this type of stuff. And, um, of course, social media took it and, you know, of course, um, our side of social media took it and they made it. You know, and again, it, it, it is a bad look. Um with that being said, just want to get this out here as a disclaimer. Um, for the most part, that happens to everybody that comes across the southern border. For one, not just the Haitians. They don't just single the Haitians out. Um, again, there's certain immigration practices in terms of quotas that they like to manage in which they kick out Haitians or they don't want as many Haitians. But again, Trump's you know Trump had one last year uh, that restricted certain you know Middle Eastern countries you know as well so there's there's this weird you know this what I what I'm saying is this government uh, fixates on certain countries and they'll just you know put certain rules on certain countries and you know certain countries they don't uh, because of course you know uh, we have the uh, Afghan immigrants coming here and receiving benefits right away um, I think that's kind of weird, and I know the defense from 90% of people are going to be like, oh, well, they help fight, they help fight. That's not really true um, at all, um, necessarily. Uh, the U.S. came there, uh, well, I I'll explain it more of the situation in my YouTube, um, my YouTube segment going in on this, that's coming out later this week, but in the in the, the skinny of things, the U.S. Army came in there searching for Osama bin Laden, of course didn't really track him down uh supposedly fought off the taliban 
help set up the military that the Afghan government couldn't maintain, nor could they maintain their own infrastructure, and pretty much needed our assistance the entire time. So it was never this, oh, they were really helping, they were just kind of there. So, again, that, that's, that, you know, that defense is blown out of the water. So I do, I don't really like the uh, different application of who we want to let in and all that. I think that's unfair. I do think this, the, I think there might be some guilt because regardless, uh, there, I mean, U.S. involvement in, in Afghanistan pretty much led to what we have going on today. There, I mean, there's no real defense for that. Um, but again, I feel like there's some guilt for that. But again, the way that, you know, I mean, uh, the way that it looks, you know, because I know how the me social media is going to take it. It's just not a good look. And right now, I mean, this country is so so busy trying to you know push the race, the division, and not really realizing that we're all fucking screwed. But that's you know that's neither here or there because again, people want to be pressed on these you know other divisions, these subdivisions. Oh, I'm gay versus straight, and black versus white, and you know rich versus poor. When in reality, if you're not ultra wealthy, you're all you know pretty much under their beck and call um in some way or form I, and people don't want to hear it like that and i know i know but the corporations run this planet particularly this country so there's no there's no doubt about that but i mean i do feel for the people um the haitian people uh but again this is this is nothing new ask the guatemalans ask the salvadorians if they haven't experienced that if they haven't experienced el caballero coming down and getting them and shit so come on now you know they they have to go through the shit too so don't act like it's just us and this is oh my god look at come on now stop all that victimization shit stop it so that's that makes us look so weak in the world and i'm i'm i'm, I'm done with that when i when i and when i personally went a personal uh self-development hype and wanted to really get my my life together i let go of things that made me feel like i was weak and constantly making excuses for things you know and just or just kind of just highlighting oh my god this you know it, you just have to just kind of man up or woman up and just kind of take care of business and move on you know what i'm saying um and again that is that is fucked up and again i don't really like the application of of kind of this these these benefits and all that because again the this the haitian situation is is truly fucked up too and to be honest, the U.S. particularly in, you know, you know, more, it was well, more early in the 20th century, maybe, well, actually all up until the 90s really has had involvement in what Haiti has had going on. So why, why not, why not the Haitians get a hookup too? So I, I do believe there is a slight, uh, slight uh, snub there and it could be racial just to be honest with you. Um, not in terms of the application of the border patrol per se, because that's what they're going to be doing. But in terms of allowing just these Afghan immigrants just to come in and get their benefits, you know, knowing that you were involved in their situation and you were involved in Haiti as well. And you can't even hook up Haiti, you know, and I think that that's kind of BS. I, I think that is because um, we talked about what the U.S. involvement in, in, in Haiti was. So um, the fact that the U.S. doesn't feel like they can take care of them too i think that's kind of some bs but again you know you gotta you got a sister in there that's supposed to be half you know half caribbean half you know for the struggle and she don't even see it but that's that's what we voted for that's all right that's all right though um let's move on of course uh russell westbrook 
uh, was recently, you know, last week or so, at one of these events, and then he was in a dress. And you know, there's that's an, that's gonna be an issue for some people. Why is it an issue for some people? Well, let's just kind of be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pose this question to you. Why is it that people like well brothers like Russell Westbrook, why young thug, why why black you know superstars and all that gotta be the ones to put on the dress? Why 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 in terms of basketball? Why you ain't seen Luka Doncic in one? Maybe that's why why Nicole Jokic don't wear a dress. I'm just asking. Now, it could be a personal thing. I think so. I personally see. I think more so than you know. I, I think there is it. There it, it, it's it's subtle. I think if you down to push the cause or certain causes, they gonna put you on. That's all that it is. And this is this is what Russell is down with doing. Okay. I, again, I don't. I mean, I think it, is it is it a full blown you know agenda to try to do this and that. I think you know it's up. It's to bring it to conversation and to ease it and to try to kind of ease it on in. But at the end of the day, it's gonna be the choice of individuals. Okay, so get over it. You just it's gonna be up to you to do you know to make that choice of what you're gonna do. I mean, you could trip about Russell Westbrook, but as long as you ain't putting on a dress, then you ain't got to really worry about it at all, okay? And as far as it being a dress and a kilt, because I heard people saying it's a kilt, listen, I ain't Scottish, okay? But I've seen Scottish people in kilts before, and that don't look sh nothing like a kilt that I've ever seen. That looks like a dress that a girl or a woman would wear. Just saying. I'm not gonna say anything negative about him and all that, but I, you know, let's not lie. <laughs> let's not lie about it either. Uh, kilts are normally plaid. They have some type of Scottish adornments and stuff like that. That had none of that. And I, you know, again, let's. We're not here to judge, but again, we're just pointing out that again, this does cause these reactions, and we're talking about why these reactions are being caused. And again, I'm just making observations. Again, you don't see. Well, I will say this: you do see people like Machine Gun Kelly. He'll dress a little bit effeminate nowadays. So again, I think it's it's all about the individual and what they personally want to do. And again, if it fits in with with what the you know corporate hives want you to do, then yeah, they're gonna they're gonna put them on a little bit more. I, that makes sense to me now. Um, I that don't mean I gotta get into it or you gotta get into it and. You know, maybe you don't watch, maybe, you know, maybe you don't, uh, you personally, maybe you don't watch the Oklahoma City Thunder no more, or, sorry, that's not the team. <laughs> See, that's how you know he ain't all that relevant to me no more. Who he play for now? Oh, the Lakers, right? Yeah, see, he ain't even relevant to me no more as a player. So, I'm like, him putting on the dress is like, hey, you know, whatever he do is whatever he do. He on that old-ass Lakers squad anyway. Um, Yeah. That's how I feel about it. I mean, it, 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 I mean, I feel like I said, I, it's a, I, it's hard to say that there's an agenda, as an opposed to I, I think these people just outright wanted to do it in the first place, and they just kind of they don't really need that much convincing. I don't think Russell Westbrook needed that much convincing to put on the dress. To be honest with you. So you know that that there there you go. Moving on, <laughs> one more bit of one more bit of news here. Like I said, a little bit of somber news. Um. A.J. Johnson uh, passed away last week as, as well. 
Uh, he was born in 1966 in Compton, California. Uh, he recently died of a heart attack. He was found uh, unresponsive in a store he was shopping in, apparently. Um, he was a stand-up comedian and actor, uh, with his first appearance being in a 1982 TV movie, Puss in Boots. And again, he just was it was a nondescript character, but again, it grew and his stardom group from there. He was brought into stand-up comedy by another legend, Robin Harris, R.I.P. to him. And his first appearance in a big-time Hollywood flick uh, would come in 1990's House Party. Uh, he would also appear in Lethal Weapon 2 a couple years later. Uh, a couple years later. Now, his most uh, known roles were Ezel um, from Friday. And, of course, uh, yeah, remember that? Hey, don't be taking his shots. Well, that's man, that made me laugh when I was thinking about it the other days. I was I was down about it because it was just random. Because again, like some of these celebrity deaths, like again, I'm not an idolatrous, so I don't get all shook up necessarily, like all crying and all sad when they die. And that's not to say that I don't, you know, they never resonated with me. But at the same time, it's like I didn't know them personally, so it's like it's always like a damn, you know. Um, it's always like a oh wow, you know. Um, and this one was just kind of just the same because it was just random it was like i didn't you know i didn't know he had you know because heart attacks can be random you know and you don't know that person personally so you don't know what would trigger that you know in his personal life so you just like whoa okay and particularly because you know him being in all the black movies i'm watching those everybody watching those there's that connection that we got with him so um i definitely was like damn you know he also was like a in blue uh i got the hookup uh he played blue alongside uh black course master p um so again just hood classics and he was also in some of the videos for cash money i know some of the cash money movies as well um he showed up in some of the old school uh west coast videos back in the day as well so he just had hella pool he just was just you know he people knew him you know in in our community in our circles and so it just he just was somebody that you was always seeing he was all he and yeah he, he was a good he was a good comedian he had he, you know he had a good um energy about him too you know you could tell that on camera and his stand up i used to watch him on comedy view too i used to uh peep him on there um so uh again good energy good comedian uh really good in movies as well you know um his last appearances would be in 2019 he would be in three films one of them being the uh sequel to um i got the hookup so again a really long career um again i don't think he ended i, I he did, he did, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, he left behind two children and uh, two siblings as well. Uh, so, um, he was a father, um, a brother, of course, a son and all, a son, and uh, somebody that a lot of people got a lot of joy from. So, um, before we take a quick break and get into the sports, let's take a, a brief moment of silence uh, for somebody who um, really made, who made millions of people uh, particularly millions of people of color um, laugh and uh, enjoy themselves for a while, particularly with all the stuff that we got to go through. So moment of silence for A.J. Johnson, R.I.P., 1966 to 2021.
fly niggas getting down do a die niggas don't try niggas i changed my mind i don't want your bitch cause sorry ass women just don't get rich you can keep her i'd rather have a fifi bag because it's cheaper you can't come up for air now i get steeper and my hold is so cold it's a sleeper so pass the reaper and if you false balling niggas just grab your crotches but if you pay nigga patch your pockets All right, y'all, we are back. We're going to get into some college football. We're going to break down the top 25. We're going to break down how these teams got here. You know how it is. All right, at number 25, we have Kansas State. They are 3-0. and uh, Their highlight win so far this year was a 24-7, uh, pretty much a beatdown on Stanford. Uh, this team is led offensively uh, by running back Deuce Vaughn. He currently has 371 yards on the year and five touchdowns. Uh, starting quarterback Skylar Johnson will be out indefinitely with a knee injury. Uh, in his place, uh, Will Howard has gone 15-27. That's about 55% of his passes. Passes, excuse me, for 199 yards. Uh, he has thrown a touchdown, but he has thrown a pick. But he does have three touchdowns on the ground, and they're currently a decent, a decent team right now. Uh, defensively, they're only uh, averaging 15 points per game. Uh, they're only allowing 15 points per game, and that's about 23rd in the nation. Uh, UCLA uh, drops to 24th. Uh, they had a bad loss last week to, to Fresno State. We'll break that down in a second. They are currently 2-1. and one. Auburn, uh, they drop a little bit as well. Just one spot, I believe, uh, after their loss uh, to Penn State on the road. In that game, um, Auburn offensively was led by quarterback Bo Nix. He would just have 185 passing yards. Running back uh, Katarius, sorry, Cartavius Bigsby would have two rushing touchdowns. He would also run for over 100 yards as well. Uh, for Penn State, Sean Clifford, he would go 28 of 32, 280 yards. Uh, he would throw a touchdown, but he would also throw a pick. Uh, running back Noah King would have 45 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Wide receiver Josh, uh, sorry, Jahan Dotson would be the team's leading receiver. He'd have 10 receptions for 78 yards and a touchdown. And uh, also tight end Brenton Strange would have four receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown as well. Uh, this game kind of went back and forth. Uh, but Penn State uh, pretty much, actually I think Penn State kind of controlled it throughout the game and just had a decent lead. Uh, Auburn tried to come back late. Uh, they had a, I mean, their running game was there, but Bo Nix didn't show up. Um, I think that's going to be uh, pretty much there. I mean, that's going to be how their season goes is is Bo Nix. I mean, if he can make those passes, if he can get some touchdowns through the air, they might be solid. If not, uh, they're going to be a one-dimensional offense, and it's not going to it's not going to be it's not going to work for them. Uh, moving on, uh, we got Fresno State. Like I said, uh, they're here at number twenty-two. They do get that big win over UCLA. Uh, they are now at three and one in that game. Uh, they were led by quarterback Jake Hayner. He would go 39 of 53 uh, for four, sorry, 455 yards. He would throw two touchdowns, but he would also throw a pick. Uh, Ronnie Re uh, Ronnie Rivers, excuse me. Um, Ronnie Rivers uh, would have 20, uh, sorry, would have 136 yards on 21 carries. He would also have two touchdowns. He would also have uh, two receptions. Uh, I believe um, 
I also think he had a receiving touchdown in this game as well. Uh, actually, no, no, no. Uh, but Fresno State would have two receivers with 120 uh, receiving yards or more. Jalen Cooper would have 14 catches for 141 yards, and Josh Kelly would have 120 yards and a touchdown. Defensively, the Bulldogs would force two fumbles, and uh, defensive back Evan Williams would have 12 total tackles. Uh, UCLA in that game, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a uh, decent game from him. Actually, pretty good. Actually, good game from him. 14 to, uh, 14 to 24 for 278 yards. Uh, he would have three touchdowns. He was also the team's leading rusher uh, with uh, 67 yards, 67 yards on the ground. And again, that might have been UCLA's downfall in that game, not really able to uh, run the ball effectively. Uh, Rob receiver Kyle Phillips will uh, be the team's leading receiver, excuse me, with seven receptions, 113 yards. He would also have two touchdowns. Uh, UCLA would force three total turnovers, so not a bad game from them defensively, but they just, you know, it came down to, well, the game, the final score was 47 to 30, I mean, sorry, 40, 40 to 37, so it was, it was relatively close until the end. Uh, defensive back Quintrez Knight would have nine total tackles. He'd also get a sack as well. Uh, UNC, uh, they, North Carolina, excuse me, is number 21 at 2-1. and one. We got Michigan State here. Uh, they are in the top 25 after a, a surprising win over Miami. I don't think a lot of people were looking out for this one. Uh, but again, they get it done against the Hurricanes impressively. 38-17 uh, to 17 was the final score here. Uh, Michigan State uh, was, well, maintains their undefeated streak uh, so far this season. In that game, uh, quarterback, their quarterback Peyton Thomas, sorry Peyton Thorne, would go 18 to 31, 261 yards. He would also have four touchdowns through the air. Uh, running back Kenny Walker would have 172 yards on the ground. Uh, he would also have a, a rushing touchdown. Uh, wide receiver Jalen Reed would have uh, 17, uh, sorry, would have a 17-yard touchdown run. He'd also give himself a receiving touchdown. And wide receiver Jalen Naylor would have uh, four, uh, sorry, four receptions for 82 yards and two touchdowns. Defensively for the Spartans, they were led by defensive end Drew Beasley. He would have five total tackles and two sacks. Uh, defensive backs Ronald Williams Jr., uh, uh, Angelo Gross, both had INTs. And overall, Michigan State was forced four turnovers in that game. Miami seemed to be all out of sorts. Um, and currently, Michigan State is outscoring opponents 118-52. to 52. So, um, their defense is coming to play, and they're scoring points. Uh, behind, well, above them, of course, is their big brother in Michigan. They're undefeated as well at 3-0. Uh, their first big test is going to come next week. Uh, they're playing Rutgers this week. I'm not concerned about their 3-0 start right now um, until they face another ranked team. They'll be facing Wisconsin next week. That's when I'll be paying attention to Michigan. They're just here at 19. Uh, but like I said, at number 18, uh, Wisconsin uh, will break, be breaking that game down the closer we get to that one. Wisconsin um, is at 1-1. One one. I think they're a little bit highly, a little bit overrated at 18, though. But, again, they'll have a chance to um, prove me wrong when they go up against Michigan. Uh, they have uh, at number seventeen. Excuse me. We have Coastal Carolina. They're undefeated as well at three and zero. At number sixteen, we have a surprising undefeated Arkansas team. They're also three and zero, but we're still early. At number fifteen, we have uh, BYU. 
They're also undefeated. Um, they're coming into this one with three wins over Pac-12 teams so far this year. And uh, most recently, uh, they beat up on Arizona State. Well, not necessarily beat them up, but they did get the W 27 uh, to 17. Arizona State uh, is what well, moves down to two and one. And by the looks of things, they are out of the top 25. That's what happens. Um, in that game, BYU was led by quarterback Jaron Hall, 15 to 27 for him, 214 yards, two touchdowns, but he would throw two picks. Running back Ty Algier would have 69 yards and a touchdown. Rob receiver Gunnar Romney. I don't know if he's related to Nick Romney. I haven't even thought about it. He could be, because that you don't just have too many motherfuckers with that name. But again, he was balling. Six six receptions, 95 yards, and a touchdown. And defensive lineman Earl Tuatoti. Mariner, I like that last name. Uh, by the way, Mariner, Tua Toti Mariner, and Pepe. I can't, I can't pronounce this one right. I know I can't, but I'm gonna try anyways. Tanu Vasa. They will both have sacks. Like I said, uh, BYU is three and zero against the Pac-12 this season. Uh, they could have been a Pac-12 addition in my opinion. Drop, you could have dropped them for Colorado. Why do we get to Colorado in the first place? That's not a that's not a Pacific t- anywhere. That's not the point. Uh, BYU beat Arizona and Utah earlier this year. Utah is a big rival for them, so they're all juiced about that. So we'll have to see how the season goes for them. Uh, there's talk of them po- possibly making it. You know, this is outside talk. You know, people love to just talk about these, to make up these uh, Cinderella stories. Uh, but BYU is one of those guys that people are saying, oh, I have this outside chance of making the playoffs. I don't think they have the, the strength of schedule necessarily. Um, Arizona State, we'll see what happens with them. Um, I don't think Utah is that good of a team either, or Arizona. So, three pack two. They they beat one decent, pretty good Pac-12 team, and the other were trash. So let's keep it real here. Uh, number fourteen, fourteen. We have Iowa State. They are two and one. Uh, at number thirteen, we have Ole Miss. Again, they are 3-0. and Their first real test is going to be this weekend at Alabama. And what I will say is I've seen them win there in recent years. So, Bama, it could be a trap game. You never know. They are second in total offense in the nation, seventh in rushing. Of course, they are led by quarterback Matt Carroll. Uh, 68% completion percentage, 990, 997 yards. Damn, just three games they played in. Nine touchdowns. Their biggest issue, though, is that they're 106 in defense. So I don't necessarily think this is the year that they get it done against Alabama. But they could probably catch them next year when they get their things together. I, I think Alabama, with the issues that they do have, are going to stop a team that's 106 in defense. In my opinion, I think it might be close in terms of offense. But it's going to be like a barn burner. If 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 that, you know, if if. If Ole Miss, you know, really has his legit offense, like it, you know, like it says on paper, then we could have like a barn burner, a bunch of scores, because they ain't got no defense. But I just see Alabama. I mean, they just, they're just too wise. <laughs> uh, maybe next, maybe you know, maybe on the road, maybe you know, Alabama might lose to Ole Miss on the road next year or something. Uh, let's move to number twelve. We have Notre Dame. They are three and zero. Uh, their first big test. Uh, is coming actually this weekend. They will be playing Wisconsin again. So actually, Wisconsin has a chance this week to prove to me that they belong <laughs> where they're at. Because I don't see them. 
I mean, I, I kind of see him as a top 25 team, but definitely not past 20. Let's keep it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't see them as a, a, a top, you know, pass. Like I said, top 20, that's about it. Number 20, number 21 in that range. That's where I see Wisconsin as a, at this point. I think they're a little bit overrated. So that's me being petty, I guess. At number 11, we got Florida. Of course, they will come up short against Alabama. That was the big game of the week, of course. Um, Alabama just, uh, they get it done. Um, in this one, the Crimson Tide was led by quarterback Bryce Young, 22 of 35, 233 yards. He would throw three touchdowns. Running back Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, will lead the way on the ground with 75 rushing yards. Uh, he would have a touchdown uh, on the ground and also a touchdown receiving. Uh, running back Jace McClellan and tight end Jaleel Billingsley would also have receiving touchdowns on, as well. Defensively, Alabama was led by DeMarco Hellams. He would have 12 total tackles. And defensive back Jalen Amore Davis would have an interception. Florida offensively was led by quarterback Emory Jones, 17-27 from him through the air, 181 yards. He would throw a bad pick, uh, but he would have 80 rushing yards and a touchdown. So he did do his he did do his part to help the team. Oh, final score was 31 to 29, by the way. Um Damian Pierce would also have two rushing touchdowns. Defensively, safety Rashad Torrance uh, would have eight total tackles. Defensive lineman Irvon Dexter would have eight total tackles and a sack for the Gators. And linebacker Britton Cox would have a sack as well. So, again, uh, Gators just come up just short. 31-29 was the final score. Um, you can't take too much away from them. Um, Maybe there is hope for Ole Miss because you can score on this Alabama defense. I mean, it's not like they're impenetrable. Uh, so we'll just, I mean, again, any given Saturday, I can only make these predictions. Of course, we, we're all, I mean, we're, we're wrong at times. Um, that's just the way it is. You know, you can't be 100% right. But, you know, I, I, I favor Alabama in this game, but I do think it's possible to score on them, particularly this season with the, all the holes that they have. Uh, moving on, we're going to go to number 10. We have Ohio State. Uh, they're in the mix, still trying to come back from that loss against Oregon. Um, I think they played Tulsa. Yeah, they played Tulsa last week, got an easy win, 41-20, so nothing to really worry about there. At number 8, we have Cincinnati, a team that I think might be a little bit underrated, particularly, uh, yeah, I, I think they're just a little bit underrated, but again, they play in the American Conference. You know, we have teams like Texas A&M right now. They're just, they're just gonna love Texas A&M because at least the, um, you know, the, the people who may come up with these rankings, they love Texas A&M. They're gonna give them the nod over a team like Cincinnati because they're in the SEC. A team like you know Penn State, who who did have a, a pretty good win against Auburn. I won't take that away from them, um, but you know, I don't know. I, I think Cincinnati might be a top top five team that people are missing out on. But they're currently three and zero right now. Um, in front of them, at number seven, we have Texas A&M, also undefeated. Everybody uh, from six to number one, everybody pretty much from number eight is going to be undefeated. Oh, I did forget to mention Clemson. Uh, Clemson is struggling offensively right now. They are at number nine. They're, of course, two and one. Uh, their last win or their last game was a win, uh, but it was a 14-8 win against Georgia Tech. So they're they're kind of reeling right, right now offensively, and they're – they might be due for another loss pretty soon if they can't score. But moving on to number six, of course, Penn State. 
Uh, they got it done against Auburn last week. Again, they're still undefeated, 3-0. Iowa is 3-0 as well. We have Oklahoma here at number four, 3-0. Uh, Oregon, they are 3-0. They moved up one spot from last week. And, of course, uh, the same two players are involved, uh, the top two, Georgia and Alabama. So if the season were in today, were to end to were to end today, you'd have uh, your one, two, three, four being Alabama, Georgia, and Oregon. So of course, uh, it would be one verse four, Bama verse, Bama verse Oklahoma, and of course three verse two. So Oregon versus Georgia. Damn, that'd be an interesting matchup. That'd be ooh, very interesting, uh, to say the least. Uh, but there we go. That is your top 25 going into Saturday. Uh, we will be breaking down some more of the top 25 matchups tomorrow. Uh, yeah, we, we, we were breaking those down. Uh, breaking down some action from tonight as well, because I'm pretty sure there's some non-top 25 action going on. Uh, so I want to give those teams some love as well. It's not just about the teams that we just talked about. There's some other teams in the mix too, so um, let's take a let's take a, let's move on from that and let's get into some football. Of uh, course, no, some, we already talking about football. I mean, some NFL. Uh, let's get into the NFL right quick. Um, of course, week three is in the books. Let's preview um, tonight's matchup. We got the Texans uh, facing off against the Panthers. The Panthers coming to this one undefeated, two and zero, and the Texans coming to this one. One and one, uh, Carolina's X factor will pretty much be their defense, uh, who pretty much lead, actually who lead in total yards allowed at 190 uh, through two games, but still pretty solid. Linebacker Shaq Thompson leads the team in tackles and sacks. Uh, he also has um, a tackle for loss and an INT. He has 14 tackles on the season. Uh, like I said, he does have a sack. Uh, I don't think he leads the team in sacks, excuse me, uh, but he he, uh, he leads the team in total tackles with 14. Uh, defensive end Brian Burns has six sacks so far in the season. I think he is leading the team right now. Oh, no, no, no. Six sacks in seven road games, but I think that's a pretty significant stat as well. It's a significant stat as well. Six sacks in seven road games. That means when he's on, when he's not at home, he's still getting it done. He's in somebody's face. Um, this is going to come up important because this is going to come up in handy because, of course, uh, the Texans are going to be going with their rookie quarterback, David Mills. He'll be making his first start. So, uh, putting the pressure on the rookie, yeah, that's always bad. Uh, like I said, Brian Burns has two and a half sacks so far on the year. He also has a fumble recovery that he's returned for, for a touchdown as well. So, this defense, uh, they're active. They pay attention. We already know who they have offensively. Um, well, at least for Christian McCaffrey. He's going to give you some versatility here. Uh, I'm not too sure about their wideouts, uh, which is why I'm not, you know, completely sold. Well, no, I think they get, I think they get it done in this game. Uh, Sam Donald seems to be competent, uh, and I definitely think compared to a rookie, uh, he should be, at least be okay. Uh, Houston is, um, like I said, praying um, that the backup David Mills will come through. Uh, this is his first start. Like I said uh, last week, he had his first appearance. Uh, going uh, well, throwing for 102 yards and also uh, throwing a touchdown, but he would also throw a pick. Uh, Carolina seems to have a decent secondary as well, so pretty well, pretty good actually. They're good last year as well, so I think they've gotten even better. Um, the Texans, you know, they do you know seem to run the ball uh, pretty well. 
Uh, Mark Ingram leads the team in that stat or least in rushing yards with 126. He has a touchdown so far. And defensively for Houston, uh, they're going to be led by safety Justin Reed. Again, they have a good secondary as well. Uh, he led the Texans. Uh, well, he leads the Texans defensively right now with two interceptions. He also has a fumble recovery. Uh, we also got A.J. Bouye, I think, coming back this week as well. Again, going back to that cornerback group. So, I think uh, the Texans have a decent shot. I, I just feel like um, the better talent is in Carolina. So I'm going to go roll with Carolina this time around. Um, I think Texas just has too much going on right now. And, of course, bringing in the, the rookie, uh, David Mills, is not going to help them. I don't think they have the receivers to really, to really challenge or make any big plays on the outside. So I think Carolina – Carolina's defense does their job to smother um, the Texans. I think the, de the Texans' defense might make some plays, so it's not a scoring blowout that the that the um, Panthers want. But I still think it's a convincing enough win because I don't think the Texans have enough offense to really do anything. So I got a win for the Panthers here. Um, they moved to 3-0. and All right, let's look at some highlights from last week. I wanted to get into the Raider game, of course. My Raiders, they're looking pretty good this year. Uh, they get it done again, uh, this time on the road against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 26-17. to uh, In this one, Derek Carr had a really good game through the air, passing uh, 26-37, 382 yards. He would have two touchdowns. Um, now, my issue with last week, uh, even though we were able to run a little bit in the, in the latter parts of the game to kind of kill the clock. We'd only have 52 yards total on the ground. Kenyon Drake would get you like five or seven or something like that. And I think Peyton Barber had like 30 or 40, something like that. I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but combined it was 52 yards. So not really a good look, uh, particularly with our starter uh, being out, Josh Jacobs. I don't know exactly how what his timetable is. I'll find that out soon enough. Uh, Henry Ruggs uh, has a good game. Uh, five catches uh, on the road, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I've been hard on him lately, but he had a good game. Foster Moreau had a receiving touchdown as well. Uh, the defense seemed to be doing all they could to uh, take Darren Waller out of the game. He had some crucial catches at some points, uh, but again, wasn't the fact that you know we would have liked for him to be, but Derek Carr uh, found ways to make it work. Defensively for the silver and black, linebacker Denzel Perriman would have 12 total tackles. Uh, defensive back Trayvon Mullen would have six total tackles. And defensive lineman Solomon Thomas would have two sacks. For the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger would go 27-40, 295 yards. He would throw a touchdown, but he would throw that pick. Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, you know, not the receiver threat. I guess he used to be, but he did make a, t uh, a touchdown on the ground. Nigel Harris throwing out stiff arms also got a receiving touchdown. Deontay Johnson nine receptions and 105 yards. He was the team's leading receiver. And defensively, uh, the Steelers were led by Ro uh, linebacker Robert Spillane. He would have 10 total tackles. Uh, T.J. Watt would have a sack before he got injured. Uh, we got to figure out. I got to figure out what his timetable is. Uh, I'll figure that out soon for you guys. And linebacker Melvin Ingram would also get a sack as well. Um, Oh, across, well, not no, not across the bay no more, but the Niners were in action uh, as well. Uh, they get the win 
against the Eagles, 17 to 11. They are still undefeated at 2 and 0. The Eagles move to 1 and 1. Uh, in this one, Jimmy G will go 20 of 30, 189 yards. He went through a touchdown. He also had a touchdown on the ground as well. Uh, Debo Samuels had six receptions for 93 yards, and Jawan Jennings uh, would have a receiving touchdown. Defensively, the Niners were led by linebacker uh, Fred Warner. He had seven total tackles, and Nick Bosa would have uh, two sacks coming off of that edge. For the Eagles, Really not a good look for them offensively. I'm not convinced that Jalen Hurts as a quarterback, but y'all go ahead. 12 of, 12 of 23, 190 yards, 82 rushing yards. He would have a touchdown on the ground. Wide receiver Kez Watkins would have two receptions and 117 yards. Defensively, uh, the Eagles were led by linebacker Alex Singleton. He would have 11 total tackles. Um, in some interconference matchups, we had the Colts getting it done 27 to 24 uh, against the Colts. Uh, the Colts, I'm sorry, the Rams are 2 0. For the Rams, uh, Matt Stafford would go 19 to 30 in that game, 278 yards. He would throw a touchdown. He would throw two touchdowns. He would also have an interception, though. Uh, running back Daryl Henderson would have 53 yards on the ground, and he would have a touchdown. Wide receiver Cooper Cup would have nine receptions, 103, sorry, 163 yards, and two touchdowns. And defensively, Sebastian Joseph at the defensive tackle spot would have nine total tackles in a sack. And linebacker Troy Reader and also Jalen Ramsey would get you some interceptions. On offense, Carson Wentz uh, will lead the way for the Colts, 20-31, 247 yards. He would throw an interception. We will talk about his injury in just a second. Uh, yeah, all bad for your boy. Jonathan Taylor would be the team's leading rusher, 51 yards on the ground. Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, would have eight receptions for 123 yards. And Zach Pascal would have a receiving uh, touchdown. Uh, defensively, safety, Kari, sorry, Kari Willis would have seven total tackles and an interception. Um, also, we got the Seahawks. Uh, they take an L here against the Titans in overtime, 33-30. to 30. Uh, For the Titans, of course, Ryan Tannehill was an under center, 27-40, 347 yards. Uh, I believe a couple touchdowns. Uh, maybe not. No. Derrick Henry got you some touchdowns, though. 182 yards on the ground as well. Three touchdowns. Julio Jones with the team's leading receiver. He would have 128 yards. Um, and Danico Autry and Alusunkami Adeni. Oh, no, no, no. Let me try it one more time. Adeni. There we go. Alusunkami Adeni. That's my best attempt. They both got sacks, by the way. Him and Nico Autry. I tried. I tried. I tried. Like, I, like I'm like i Dutch friend. I tried. I tried, Arthur. Anyways, Seahawks on offense led by Russell Wilson. 22 of 31. 30, 343 yards. He would have two touchdowns. Chris Carson. Not a whole, not a whole lot of yards, but he would have two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett would have eight catches. 178 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Freddie Swain would have five catches and 95 yards and a touchdown. And defensively, Bobby Wagner, 20 tackles. God damn, 20 tackles and a sack. 20 total tackles and a sack. And defensive tackle Al Woods would have seven total tackles. He would also get a sack as well. In the big-time AFC matchup, uh, the Chiefs, they will take an L here by one to the Ravens, 36 to 35. Patrick Mahomes will go 24 of 31, 
for 343 yards. He would throw three touchdowns, but he would have an interception. Darrell Williams would have a rushing touchdown. Would have a rushing touchdown. Uh, Travis Kelsey would be the team's leading receiver with seven total catches, 109 yards. He would also throw a touchdown. Byron uh, Byron P Pringle. Byron Pringle. Wow. Okay. Nicole Hardman would also receive, would also catch touchdown passes. That name threw me off. Pringle. There we go. But I can't, I can't forget it because it's a chip. Defense. The defense. You know how defense is really pronounced, right? It's pronounced defense. Football fans and change the whole way you say a word just because it fits their cadence and their chants. Defense. On defense. Linebacker Alex Hitchens would have 12 total tackles. Defense sounds so British. On the defense. <laughs> Tell us Americans don't give a damn. Defense. D, just take the whole letter. Just take the E. I just forget. Just, just, we, should just put, we should just spell it in America. We should just, we should just spell it D-F-E-N-S-E. -E. I'm going too far. Tyron Matthew, two interceptions from your boy. The Ravens, of course... Lamar Jackson doing his thing uh, well on the ground on the ground <laughs> 18 to 26 through the air 239 yards he would throw a touchdown but he would throw two picks yikes two rushing touchdowns uh, he would have 170 rushing yards so again he was a team's leading rusher without their without you know who they're used to in Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins this is what you got uh, that's unfortunate because I think Lamar needs to really get his passing together. That's just my opinion. Latavius Murray would have a rushing touchdown uh, as well. Marquise Brown will be the team's leading receiver with six receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown. And defensively, uh, Patrick Queen would have eight total tackles. I bet you if you made fun of his name, he's going to beat your ass. He's a linebacker. Don't fuck with him. Don't you? I bet you kids used to fuck with him and squeeze that. He used to probably get in fights all the time. I wouldn't have fucked with him because I know better. He, oh, he, he a linebacker. Yeah, he ain't gonna take no shit. He might be leave him alone, but he gonna knock your ass. He gonna troll. He, I mean, I, he gonna knock me out. Let me not talk shit like that. But anyway, I know people used to fuck with him as a kid. Mm -mm. He used to fight. I know he used to probably have to fight people. I know because people used to make fun of my name, and I used to be wanting to fight motherfuckers. So yeah. I feel it for you, dog. Just know. Just know. I feel for you. If you ever had to go through that, I know how you feel, dog. Defensive back Tavon Young would have an interception. Ravens um, will need the team play great defense, but uh, Ravens seem to get it done. Um, you can't. You can't. I mean, I. you know, I want. I mean, I'm going to be a little bit critical of Lamar Jackson because he's, what, year four now. You don't want him to have too many two interception games at this point. They're going to they're gonna be riding him. You know they they ride quarterbacks of his ilk for so long, and they want to they want to they want to they thrown him so bad. So I really want him to be good, so they get off his, his Johnson like that and let him be. You know what I'm saying? I want him to be really good, man. So I just uh, two interception games, just and he's my he's my birthday brother. He's a Capricorn, so I don't want that man to be to be hounded like that, bro. They, they, nah, he's a good quarterback, and I know he is. He just needs to step up to the plate and get his passing game right. So. uh Monday Night Football, the Lions, the Packers, uh, the you know the Packers get it done. I think we kind of overhyped their Week One loss to the Saints, especially with how Jameis Winston looked in Week Two. Um, they get the dub here, thirty-five to seventeen against the Lions. The Lions ain't nobody though. You know, 
We'll see what happens with them. The Lions dropped to, to drop to zero and two. Uh, the Lions were led by Jared Goff offensively, twenty six to thirty six. Not a not a bad game from him. Two hundred and forty six yards, two touchdowns. He would throw a pick. He would be the team's leading rusher though, which is not good. Forty five yards on the ground for him. Uh, tight end T.J. Hawkinson will be the team's leading receiver with eight catches, sixty six yards, and two touchdowns. And wide receiver Quintez Cephas. Have four receptions and 63 yards and a touchdown. Defensively, defensive tackle Michael Brockers with that four total tackles and a sack. I know he's hot right now because he's so talented. He used to be on the Rams. He could have been on that team and winning football games. Now he's on the weak ass line teams that don't weak ass line team that don't win shit. He just wasting his wasting it, wasting his time. For the Packers, of course, A-Rod had a turnaround game, 22 of 27, 220, sorry, 255 yards. He would throw four touchdowns. Uh, he, um, sorry, Aaron Jones would have uh, 67 rushing yards and a touchdown. He would also have six catches for 48 yards and three touchdowns. And Devontae Adams would have eight total catches for 121 yards. No touchdowns, though. Tight end Robert Tanyan would have three catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. And if you cut him, I swear to God, not only will Aaron Rodgers demand a trade, he's going to burn down the Green Bay facilities on the way out. Just to let y'all know, that's how serious he is about his pursuit. You better not play. Defensively, the Packers were led by linebacker Devon Drake Campbell, 13 total tackles and an interception. And safety Adrian Amos, he would have nine total tackles. Injury report, because that's the main thing news-wise as of right now going on in the NFL. We'll get to some other stuff later. I know some other stuff is going to come up. But for right now, Carson Wentz, of course. Oh, oh boy. His status for week three at Tennessee is uncertain. Uh, he suffered an injury in both ankles Sunday versus the Rams. How you injure both ankles, dog? Who? He injured. Sorry. He injured a left ankle early in the game and the right ankle was seriously sprained in the fourth quarter with eight minutes left so far this season he's gone 45 of 69 for 498 yards he asked on the touchdown but he's also throwing interception this season he's been sacked six times and also hit 21 times in just 22 games you want to know something ironic one of those things that they've always been pressing in football the strong quarterback. He's supposed to be tall and big and white, right? Tall, big, white dude, right? Some no-name school in some cases. But he just throws the, arm, throws the ball really good. Throws the ball really hard. He's supposed to be the, the, the impenetrable Iron Man in the field. False. This guy, to me, looks fragile as hell. And Lamar Jackson, the speedy, the runner... He can make a play with, a, with his arm. He can do all that. Smaller. Jimmy G, smaller. More athletic. He ain't getting injured. Now, Tua is his own case because Tua, he's getting injured in college. So, sorry. He kind of injury prone, too. I hate to say it. He's a little weak. Sorry. But Carson Wentz, he's weak, too. Oh, big old. Supposed to be big, strong. Big shoulder. Ooh, look at him. Strapping young man. No, he's injury prone he's porcelain just funny how the game work just wanted to point that out y'all all right y'all i'm gonna take a quick break and when i come back we're gonna be to actually you know what we could just breeze through this right quick it ain't 
It ain't going to take me too long. Let's talk about the MLB standards real quick. Again, we got less than two weeks left, two weeks left excuse me, to the season. It's over. Let's go on ahead and just get into it. Let's get it out the way so we can get into this upon further review. We're going to talk about Kanye out. God damn. So, anyway, in the American League, in the East, we have the Rays. They're still on top, 94-59, 5-5 in the last 10. The Red Sox are behind them, 88-65, six games back, 8-2 in the last game. They're riding a seven-game winning streak. Again, they're looking to hold on to that that wild card spot. I don't see that changing. The Yankees, 8-6-67, uh, and 7-3 and in the last 10. They're riding a three-game winning streak. Behind them, we have the the Blue Jays, excuse me, 85-67, and 6-4 in the last 10. And then in last place, no chance at it, no chance in hell, never stood a shot. We have the Orioles here at 48-104. and 104. In the Central, we got uh, the Chicago White Sox, 85-66, and 4-6 and six in the last 10. But they're coming off back-to-back losses, and they haven't looked so hot recently, just in my opinion. The Indians have gone are 74 and 76, of course, next year they'll be known as the Guardians. So look out for that, y'all. Get ready to call them the Guardians, Cleveland Guardians. Ten and a half games back, five and five in the last ten. Nothing to talk about this year. Uh, three At number three in the division, we have the Tigers here, 74 and 78. Like I said, I mean... Having some good juju recently since uh, Miguel Cabrera has hit his 500 home run. Uh, they've been looking solid. They've been looking more like a team. I think they're riding a six-game winning streak as of recently. So, yeah, you know, a nice positive into the season. They're likely, well, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to look pretty decently. They might even have a winning record or at least finish at 500 before it's all said and done. And I think that would be a win for them. At number four, we have the Royals here at 69 and 83. And, of course, in the last place spot, we have the the epic fall off that's been the Minnesota Twins, 67 and 85. That's sad. In the West, we have the Astros here, 90 and 61. Looks like the class of the division again. Once again, going to walk away with it, um, with another division crown. And I can't complain. I'm not going to sit here and bitch about it. I won't. That's a feminine. That's a feminine act, and I'm not going to do it. Looks they look to be a good team. Eight and two in the last ten. Three wins in a row. They get it done against teams above 500. That's what you're supposed to do if you want to go to the playoffs. That's it. The Mariners, 83 and 69, seven, uh, seven and a half games back, 64 in the last 10. They are uh, four. They had they had four wins in a row, including a sweep of my A's. What the fuck, bro? 82 and 70 for the Oakland A's, five and five in the last 10. What the fuck, bro? Pitching staff is falling apart. And I'm gonna make a hot take right here. I'm gonna do it. I don't see us making the playoffs this year, and I think we should just let go of Doc Melvin and and Billy Bean. And I think we need to revamp our whole pitching staff. Uh, Manea can go. Uh, Cole Irvin gots to go. I'm tired of seeing his ass. Uh, that's the two that I can think of right off the top of my head. There's some people in the, in the bullpen that are trash. We can keep Trevino. He's all right as a closer. Uh, I think he's in the top 20 somewhere around here. I think he's solid in that department. But your your, your relievers, you got to overhaul. Because I think it's, it's just really weird for the A's. It's like one year, we're a really good pitching team, but nobody's there to hit. Now that we got the hitters here, we got Matt Olsen. He's a top 10 hitter. We have a top 10 hitter in terms of average with Sterling Marte. And it's just frustrating. You can't get a whole complete team here. So I, I think management has got to change. Maybe you change the direction of the farm system as well. I don't know. But some changes need to be made, and I'm tired of seeing this team 
either not make the playoffs or make the playoffs just to lose in the first round. Sorry, as a fan, I'm just frustrated. I know I got to be unbiased and all that, but again, you follow this team all your life, and it's just like, goddamn, you know? Like, we'll talk about their game against the Mariners in just a second, but the Angels are 72 and 79. The Rangers are 59, sorry, 50, 55 and 97. Trash. Uh, National League in the East, we have the Braves here at 80 and 75 and 5 in the last 10. Four straight W's. Uh, we have the Phillies here still making a case for themselves. I've been down on them lately. Sorry, y'all. Y'all actually look pretty good. 78 74, three games back. 64 in the last 10 back to back wins. The Mets, 73 and 79. Eight games back, two and eight in the last 10. They're coming off back to back L's. Francisco Lindor is over here whining, talking about I came here to win and it sucks that blah, 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 blah. But we are in the fight, all this. Y'all not for the fight. We looked at y'all scores recently. We'll talk about y'all game against the Red Sox. Y'all not in it for no fight. Shut up. Marlins, 64-88. They're done. Um, Nationals, 63-89. Of course, they never stood a chance. Sad. Central, we got the Brewers here on top, 91-61. They haven't been looking so hot lately. They've had four straight L's. They're 4-16 in the last 10. Their last game, they were blew out by the Cardinals, 10-2. Pitcher Brett Anderson only lasted an inning. Their starting pitcher in that game only lasted an inning. Gave up six hits, two earned runs. Um, the bullpen didn't do so bad. Do so bad. Didn't do so well either. Gave up five runs of their own. All bad. Cardinals. They are still rising. They're surprising. A two sixty nine. Eight and a half games back. Ten and zero their last ten. Eleven straight wins. Will they ever lose before the season is over? Probably. But who knows when. The, the Reds are behind them. They were hot for a second, then they fell off. They're 13 games back in terms of the division, 78-74, and 3-7 in the last 10. Of course, at the bottom, we have the Cubs and the Pirates, 67-85, 57-94, respectively. Both boo-boo. Okay, going to the West, we have the Giants here, still on top, 99-53, in the last 10, three wins in a row. The Dodgers are 97-55, and one and a half games back, 8-2 in the last 10. The Padres, 76-74, two and eight in the last 10, five straight L's. Manny Machado is arguing with Tatis Jr. in the, in the dugout. Not a good look, but again, they might be all right. But again, they keep making changes in their executive or in their front office. Uh, they are... They recently fired their farm director, so their minor leagues and all that, that's going to be changing up a little bit. Who's going to be running that, of course? So, they're looking to make, they look into, well, they're looking at this season as a lost cause. <laughs> um, the Colorado Rockies are fourth, 76 and 74, and then we have the Diamondbacks, down, uh, sorry, 48 and 104, same as the Orioles, garbage. Uh, let's move to the wild card. In the AL, of course, the Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, they are in pretty much the mix. We have the Mariners in the outside looking in shot. Of course, the A's kind of there as well. I don't see it happening. Sorry. They just look, oh, God. And especially against teams above 500. There's no even comparison. And in the, the National League, we have the Dodgers, 97 and 55. The Cardinals are 82 and 69. We have the Reds here at 78 and 74. In the mix, in the way. And then the Cardinals, I mean, outside looking in, really. But. That's what you got. Again, some of the top scores from last night. Uh, the Mariners get it done against the A's. Frustrating me. Kyle Seager and, and Ty France at the first base spot both hit homers. Tom Murphy and D.H. Luis Torrance also hit RBIs. 
Uh, pitcher Chris Flexen gets the win here. He's 13-6 on the year. He goes for seven innings, just gives up three hits and an earned run. And eight Ks, I guess nothing. For the A's, third baseman Matt Chapman gets a, a solo home run. Pitcher Cole Irvin, get him out of town. Uh, took the L here, 10-14 on the year. Boo-boo, five innings played, seven hits, three earned run, five Ks. The Giants, they get it done, though, last night against the Padres. Um, Chris Bryant. Uh, gets a, gets three RBIs. Brandon Belt, Buster Posey, um, a few others get RBIs as well. And pitcher Camilo Dovell gets the win here. He goes four and one on the year. Fernando Tatis Jr. gets a solo home run. And Trent Grisham, uh, Adam Frazier, and Manny Machado all get RBIs for the Padres in that one. Uh, like I said, the Cardinals beat up on the Brewers last night, ten to two. Left fielder Tyler O'Neill gets the two-run home run. Paul Goldschmidt gets a two-run home run as well. Nolan Olornado gets a, gets two RBIs. Tommy Edmond gets two RBIs. Pitcher Miles Nicholas he gets the W. Goes two and two on a year. He has seven. He went in. He put in seven innings of work. Four hits. Uh, gave up just four hits. Two run runs and also had three strikeouts for the Brewers. Right fielder Abisel Garcia hits a solo solo home run, and shortstop Louis Arias gets a RBIs or Urias, excuse me, gets his RBI. Um, the Rays, uh, they get the win here against the Blue Jays. Uh, for the Rays, DH Austin Meadows gets a three-run home run. Third baseman Yandy Diaz gets two RBIs, and shortstop Taylor Walls get two RBIs as well. Pitcher uh, JT Chargas gets his uh, gets his sixth win of the year. He's currently six and one. And for the Blue Jays, Teoscar Hernandez gets his RBI. There was a team brawl <laughs> later on in the game when pitcher when they're uh, sorry when uh, Blue Jays reliever Ryan Baruki uh, went ahead and hit. Tampa center fielder Carl Meyer. The benches were clear. Of course, teams are getting tested. They're looking to make it to the playoffs. Why are you holding us down for my wild card spot, Rays? Why are you doing this? You know, that's, you know how it is, you know. And finally, the Mets, like I said, they ain't got no fight left. Don't listen to this Francisco Lindor. He'll be talking about he want to get traded in about another season. Anyway, um, they lose to the Red Sox 5-12. For the Mets, Pete Alonso gets a solo home run. His 35th of the year. That's one of their bright spots. Uh, catcher James McCann, of course, Francisco Lindor. He was, he, you know, he did his, he got an RBI. Great. Pitcher T, uh, Taiwan Walker gets another L, 7 of 11 on the year. He only puts in two innings of work, six hits, six earned runs, and just a strikeout all bad. Red Sox left fielder Kyle Schwarber, two home runs last night, four total RBIs. Center fielder Alex Verdugo uh, and uh, second base, sorry, yes, second baseman Jose Iglesias. Get, both get two RBIs each, and pitcher Chris Sale. He's been in the game for a minute. Um, he's had some. He's had some low moments. He's had some high points, but he's still in the league. Five. Uh, his fifth win of the year so far. Uh, six hits from him. Two earned runs, and he would get six strikeouts. All right, y'all. We are gonna take my last break. I gotta take my last break. I was a lot that I had to go through, <laughs> but um, when I come back, I'm gonna be, of course, uh, reviewing at least my part one of Donda. Kanye West. Y'all get ready for this one, y'all. That's all I'm gonna say.
right, y'all. So we're going to wrap this up today for today with an addition of Fapon for the review. I'm going to be breaking this uh, album down and this subject matter down into two parts because I feel like this album is hella long and I feel like it's hella obsessive. And when I tried to listen to it last night, I got just drained, sorry, with like the first maybe five or six songs. So I got through Praise God. And let me tell you, this album is an experience. And I'm not going to tell you it's all great or whatever. Um, a lot of people like to to call this guy some type of legend in the game. And I think y'all oversaturate this guy a lot. And I, I think he's, I, I try my best. And I don't get me wrong, I keep it open-minded enough to listen. And I listen to the lyrics. And I'm not, I'm not seeing, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel anything that, transcends anything special um this guy has gone on some type of religious hype recently and I'm not gonna take anything away from that and I feel like he's I don't I don't know what to make of this shit anymore of this guy anymore I don't know what frequency he's even at he's at right now He's he's claiming, you know, God this and Lord this. I see I see Illuminati. I see I see secret shit that you ain't that you ain't sharing. There's secret shit that you not sharing. I see that type of shit that you into that shit, bro. That's what I feel from Kanye. I don't I don't feel that saying I don't see I don't feel the spiritual connection that people claiming they got with this dude. I think he's a he's false. He's a false prophet, yo. That's the type of vibes I get from bro. Um, I I see a lot of hypocrisy. Um, I listen to the song Jail, right? And I'm listening to Jay Z's verse, and everybody talks about how that verse was great and it was solid. But he, the man, is 51 years old. He's been in the game for 30 plus years, maybe even 40. And he's still mentioning how he can get black folks clapped or certain brothers clapped. And you can hear it. Like, he's saying, oh, I can do this and never touch you and still go to jail. Get, get the fuck out of here, dog. Nobody cares about that shit no more. We still killing black folk. And then we still want to turn around and say how the system is rigged and say this. But we still can do this to you. I can still touch you. Like, come on, bro. Did y'all really grow up? Did y'all really grow? Like, are these people really grown? We say that these artists really grown. And they've done all this. they made all these. No, they've said, they're saying the same shit, but with different covers and different sounds like the fact that people can't see past the trees is like ridiculous nothing about any of these guys is amazing anymore I've heard these motherfuckers for 20 plus years of my life these guys are not that amazing anymore in 99 it, when Jay Z first came on the scene maybe 96 maybe a little bit before that it was I mean how refreshing was he when everybody else was pretty much talking about the same stuff and he still makes those references at 50 years old. Oh, I did this. I've done this. I've done. Nobody fucking cares about what you can do to black people. Are you? What do you do? Like, and again, they'll say, "Oh, he, he has this money. He can do this." Listen, that's corporate. None of those motherfuckers are self-made. And I listen to the song "God Put His Hand on Me" and all, and you know, God breathed, right? God breathed. Sure, God gave us our life. But what made you rich was motherfucking backroom deals with Caucasians. Both of y'all niggas, shut the fuck up. And I'm tired of y'all acting like y'all really bold and y'all really done took the game or took society and the world and manipulated it and did some. No, you didn't. 
stop. Oh, that's the lie that y'all need to stop following. And I'm sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> it's it's spiritually these 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 vibrations from these motherfuckers don't don't vibrate with me no more. I'm growing out of that. I'm growing out of that shit. This is Chipotle rap. This is this is convenient rap. This is what corporate says you should rap about in order to get millions of dollars. Fuck that. I'm going to the taco trucks. I'm going to the taqueria. I want the real shit. This ain't real for me. I'd rather listen to Mozzie. We'll see what happens with Drake. I'm, I'm willing to listen to that, but I don't do mainstream like that. This is why I don't do it. This shit is pretentious. This shit is blasphemous, and I'm not even Christian, and it sounds like nonsense. I can't even coherently say, hear what he's saying no more. This is a far cry from the messages he actually used to have. Like when he move on, he licked your ass for a white girl. Like he really did in real life. He's a joke. He's a parody of his own self. And the fact that people can't see that and can't see that these modern rappers are nothing but that. Please. Please. Give me Big Daddy Kane every day. I don't care anymore. I don't care how I sound anymore. Give me somebody like Cassidy. I don't care anymore. Give me a Papoose. I don't care anymore. I'm not into Kanye. I'm sorry. I've tried it. After graduation, his sound, his whole vibe, his whoever he wanted to be, uh-uh. No, they, they ain't no, God, God made you breathe and made you be alive and you can experience this world. But the reason you rich and the reason you are who you are is the deals you made with Caucasians behind closed doors. God ain't got nothing to do with nobody being rich or poor. That's, the, that's choices and circumstances. Fuck that. And I'm not going to let somebody tell me about his struggles that he ain't never had. Shit that he created in his own fucking mind. Stop it. Because he don't want to check his person to help. Stop it. On his own. And be accountable on his own. I'm sorry. I'm giving it a chance. But I'm, I'm hearing a lot of, I'm hearing a lot of, oh, you know, just. Uh, it's, it's pretentious. I'm sorry. That's the that's the biggest word I can come away with. I'm not feeling. I I feel I feel just like you know like he's he like he's been in that Christian movement recently, right? Got the church service. I see church hustler just like any other Christian church you know preacher. Oh, father, this father. Oh, come on, give me some money. That's all he's working for with some money. Fuck that. He's about the money. He's corporate. I ain't listening to that. I don't buy it. Y'all can. I don't. This was part one. I'm gonna get I'm gonna listen to the rest of the songs so I can full have a full idea. But I hear pretentiousness in just six songs. Pretentiousness, insecurities, I'm still tripping out Kim. What you wanna do about it then, fool? You gonna leave her and be a real one? Or you gonna keep staying with her and playing with her and doing stupid ass shit with her in the public eye and keep looking like a mark? It's on you. It's on you, fam. Get your shit together. Make a real album with real music that you, that for real, with real lessons that you used to be telling us. You used to be teaching us lessons. What is this shit you telling us now? Victimization. That's what you're teaching the people. Be a pawn for the people. Let these motherfuckers use you. Ain't nobody. Ain't, I'm done. That's part one. <laughs> I'm going to leave the links available for y'all. This was today's episode. I should be back tomorrow. We're going over some contraball. Part two of Kanye shit. Um, yeah. And then whatever I think about. And then, of course, we got the YouTube presentation that I'm working on about Afghanistan. Please make sure y'all check that out. Um, I've been off the social media scene for a minute. I don't know why. I just was 
I don't know. I don't. I just don't post like that. But we gotta work on that. Forgive me. You'll be knowing what's up, and uh, we'll move on from there. All right, y'all. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. I'll holler at y'all later.